Today's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Well, I'll tell you what, Russell Westbrook to me resembles that luxurious sports car that is shining in the showroom. He is so flashy with a basketball in his hands, his horsepower as he zooms up the court and revs up his teammates and finishes with ferocity at the rim. He's agile. I said he was fast and he can stop on a dime. He has got a unique skill set that makes him one of the most coveted, most entertaining players in the NBA today. And as much adulation as he has been receiving, and he is so lauded for what he does, it's what he's doing off the court right now that no contest is even more commendable. And I'm saying how he is asserting himself in the current social landscape of this country with the protests, with the demonstrations. He is using his position of influence and power to make real change. What exactly does that look like? That's what this podcast episode is all about. Welcome in. This is Locked on Bruins. I'm Brian Fenley. I am a national anchor for Fox Sports Radio, so you can listen to me there. And you most certainly can follow me on Twitter. Don't be shy. Reach out to me there and just type my name into the search engine, Brian Fenley, Brian with a Y, F-E-N-L-E-Y. Well, if you were on Twitter the last couple days, you probably saw this because it went viral. Russell Westbrook was leading a protest in Compton a couple days ago. He teamed up with DeMar DeRozan, and those two spoke in front of thousands. I was watching the video, and there were a lot of cell phone video from this demonstration and rally and just seas of people that were taking in this and they did it peacefully. Russell Westbrook spoke for a little bit and to paraphrase what he said when he took the microphone, he said something to the tune of, you know, we're here to fight for one another, protect your team, protect your family, stick together. So the message essentially from Russell Westbrook was one of of unity. And it's important because I think that we are reaching a new dawn in time when athletes and celebrities need to use their position of power to speak on social issues. I think, unfortunately, it's been in the past looked upon as more taboo that you are marginalizing your fan base. You are creating a riff. And so some athletes are afraid to touch on certain social issues because they are afraid that they'll lose followers. It will affect their brand and make them less marketable. I think all of that is going away. And as an athlete, anybody that can experience any sort of level of racism that is in a position of influence and is a celebrity. There is no sitting by the wayside here in being a bystander. And I think that those times are gone. And what I like is that I feel there's going to be like a a peer pressure 
that takes place here. You know, usually peer pressure is looked at as something negative and has a negative connotation, but I think it actually will work out as a positive here because with the growing movement and with the pro athlete that is more compelled to speak right now, you are going to have athletes look at each other like, well, I did this for the movement. What did you do? And there's going to be, well, I did this. I did more than you. No, I did more than you. It's like if you're at an, a fundraiser at an auction and you know there's a, an item that they're raising money for or giving off for an auction and the money keeps going up and it's there's no there's no stopping it and it's all for a good cause because it eventually goes for a lot of money and supports whatever venture that is and i feel like from a pro athlete standpoint when you can use that level of influence now you are going to if you're not i think the worst thing you can do is be indifferent right so if you're an athlete that hasn't spoken out you know that's that's shame on you, and there's going to be social pressure for you to not do that and to actually come forth and say some things. And so all of this is to say is that there is no longer going to be the unease of somebody speaking out and getting any level of uproar. That Those times are gone. Now, Russell Westbrook, beyond just this protest that he was at the forefront of, he he wants people to understand that the history of this country there's a lot of good but there's also a lot of bad and so a report came out just within the last couple days that russell westbrook is going to be an executive producer for a docuseries that is going to come out and it's going to be based upon the Tulsa Race Massacre of 1921. It's going to be titled Terror in Tulsa, The Rise and Fall of Black Wall Street. Now, I'll be honest, I was in elementary school in the 90s. And when I opened up my history book, I don't think I ever remember anything taking place about the terror and the unspeakable horrors that took place in Tulsa during that event, which, by the way, just had their 99-year anniversary of, of happening. Now, how about you? How familiar, familiar are you with the Tulsa massacre that took place? And I'll be honest with you, this has been a an event that our government has been ashamed and has been embarrassed about it. and there has been cover-up for it which look our country has done a whole lot of great things in this world but we've also done a lot of winning when it comes to wars and you know that when you win the war you're the one that gets to tell the story of the war but as much as we've done good in some areas in those respects there are also things that we need to be held accountable for that we didn't do well and this is an example that i'm going to speak about is what exactly happened in tulsa during that time why was this so swept under the carpet why was there a number of people who tried to eradicate 
this horrific event from U.S. history. We're going to talk about that right after this. But first, rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Go to rockauto.com to shop for auto and body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. Look, they have everything from engine control modules and brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. Look, I'm going to say this again. rockauto.com catalog, unique Remarkably easy to navigate. Quickly, you can see all the parts available for your vehicle. You can choose the brands and specifications and prices that you prefer. And best of all, reliably low and always trusted. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. And here's what you need to do. Write locked on in their how did you hear about us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need, rockauto.com. I like to dub myself as a history buff, but I just can't ever recall digging into the depths of my brain, ever learning in school about the Tulsa Race Massacre that took place in the early 1900s. Maybe you were different, but I certainly don't. And it has been a, a dark, hidden, secretive part of United States' history that was one of the most violent events of racial injustice that our country ha has ever seen. And it's becoming more mainstream and more people are hearing about it and learning about it because of the movements and the demonstrations and protests and the Black Lives Matter movement. So this is part of what Russell Westbrook is trying to do. So he is producing this docu-series to highlight a, a very hidden part of our nation's history that is basically a cover-up. The country tried to cover up, the government tried to cover up, that showed just some tremendous racial violence that, that took place. And so what I want to do now is I kind of want to give you a play-by-play -play of what took place in those early 1900s and how all of this came about. So it started with the, a young African-American named Dick Rowland who went into an elevator. The w Caucasian woman who was operating the elevator then screamed. He runs out of there right away, and she calls the police, and the following day the police arrest Dick. Now, that same day... They had a publication out, Tulsa Tribune, which basically reported that the police had arrested Roland. And then with no proof, they said it was because of sexual assault. So there created a stir. And there was also rumors around that I'm simply reading from several different sources that I got when documenting in chronicling this, the Atlantic, local Tulsa history websites, also history.com, that there was an editorial in that edition of the Tulsa Tribune that also insinuated that there would be a lynching that night. So when word got out about this, members of the African-American community went to the courthouse and also a white mob 
f- formulated and went to the courthouse. And essentially, the white mob was pressuring the sheriff to give them Roland, who was under their supervision, had been arrested. The sheriff said no. So the police barricaded the top floor to protect Dick Roland. Like I said, African-American, a group of them had heard about this. They showed up at the courthouse, and many of them were World World War I veterans, and they did not receive a hero's welcome when they got back to the United States. And eventually they had about 75 armed African-American men who went to the courthouse that night trying to be there and support Dick and then showed up, according to one report, over a thousand Caucasian men who were also wielding weapons. And soon after, uh, shots broke out and it led to an 18-hour stretch of bedlam where 34 square blocks of the Greenwood District, the African-American community also known as Black Wall Street because of how affluent it was, great jobs, great schools, great everything, African-American community. It was all leveled, and there was mass atrocities that were taking place here. In fact, according to the LA Times, one witness described it as, quote, seeing bodies in the streets, end quote, and just a free-for-all trying to unleash fury on the African-American community, looting, burning homes and businesses. And according to the Red Cross, over 1,000 homes were burned, 215 others were looted, a school, a library, a hospital, churches, hotels, stores, African-American-owned businesses destroyed, damaged by fire. And the, the real important part here is that the, the mainstream body count of this conflict says that 36, I believe, people perished. But that has been proved wrong. In fact, now estimates suggest up to as many as 300 people died in this dilemma. And it ended up leaving 9,000 Greenwood residents homeless, the African-American community. And beyond that, you also had what is being called 50 to $100 million in property damage. And in the days that followed this massacre, insurance companies wanted to call it a riot because if they called it a riot, then they got out of having to pay back the African-American businesses in having to like rebuild the area. And so with all of that that was taking place, the governor ended up having to call in martial law, and the National Guard troops came into Tulsa, and 6,000 African-Americans were held at the convention hall and the fairgrounds for up to as many as eight days. And like I said, what according to the Atlantic between 100 and 300 African Americans died on this mob as a armada of armed Caucasian men stormed into a well-off African American community and just raised it. Also, 
got to point out, and I'm going to bring this up in just a minute, the, the amount of cover-up, the overindulgence of trying to erase this horrific disaster from our nation's history. And I'll, I'll talk about what ways the government has tried to do that in just a moment. But first, I wanted to introduce you to something that I always like to, to try out when I'm hungry, and that is what our friends over at Built Bar are doing. They've developed a health bar that tastes like a candy bar. It, it's great. And they've got chocolate fa- flavor, they've got peanut butter, and they've mastered it. They've got chocolate, as I said, peanut butter, low carb, low sugar, high protein, and all you got to do is if you go to BuiltBar.com, type in the keyword locked on, you'll get $10 off your first order. Again, BuiltBar.com, type in the keyword locked on, and you will get $10 off your first order. We'll, we'll be right back to look at the cover-up job that the government and others did when it comes to the Tulsa Race Massacre. In the aftermath of this Tulsa Race Massacre there has been not one person, not a single person who has received justice for this. No one prosecuted, no one punished, according to multiple reports. Imagine that. I said the estimates were north of 100 African Americans who had died, and not one person paying the price for creating this hellacious experience. Not one person. And to add to that, it took the city of Tulsa 80 years to admit that this event took place and to acknowledge it in an official report. And they ended up asking for or recommending that the victims and descendants of the victims' families receive some sort of restitution or reparations. And that made it all the way up to the U.S. Supreme Court where they turned that down. So... This was the cover-up of cover-ups by the government. Ashamed they must have been, embarrassed they must have been, and they got away with it for a long time. They got away with it. They got away with it. And it wasn't until recently that this nugget of history was included in textbooks for Oklahomans when they were or, or are in elementary school. So for decades and decades and decades, it was like the thing did not even exist. And imagine you experiencing this and having so many people try to tell you that what you felt, the pain, maybe you lost a loved one, all of that, that you're making it up. This is a product of your imagination. And imagine having to live with that and never seeing any justice, never seeing it even get recognized. See, that can't happen. And that's why what Russell Westbrook is doing in shining light on this very depressing part of our U.S. history is important because education is what's going to allow this country to see more eye-to-eye and get closer to racial equality. Education is important. As you've heard, I'm sure by many a people 
listening is important as well. Everybody has a viewpoint on where they stand with how to get this country to see a better look on things when it comes to racial equality. But few actually have the capability to listen. I know what I'll be doing. I'll be listening intently when this docu-series comes out, and I hope you do as well. I'm Brian Fenley.